Hi, and welcome to Women's Health Clarity, the podcast giving a big voice to the things women worry about. I'm Chloe Bunter, Pilates teacher, trainer, and creator of the Pilates Instructor Hub. My mission is to help you feel empowered in your body to move fearlessly. And I'm Kate Spina, nutritionist, award-winning chef, eating disorder survivor, helping you feel more confident about what you eat. Together, we're delivering the truth bombs you need to feel more empowered about your health, physical, emotional, and mental. If you find this episode helpful, we'd love you to leave us a review, subscribe, and share this with other women in your life. We'd also like to take the time to make an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and work. Chloe from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and Kate the Gadigal and Wangal peoples of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, Chloe. Hello, everyone. And straight up, I'm going to do a swear word warning today because we are talking about what to cook when you don't feel like cooking or you don't have the time to cook or you don't know how to cook. And let's be honest, the struggle is real every fucking night. So (laughs) I love I love that. I love that we need to get that swear warning out every time. before I start swearing. <laughs> I love that. We'll also um, give a trigger warning to discussions of um, mental health uh, and that if this brings up any um, feelings for you we will that you would like help with, we will put a link um, to some resources in the show notes. So hi Kate. Hello. How long has it been? It's been a little while. It's been a while, right? Had a little necessary break. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while since we've caught up as well. So, um, dear listeners, you're getting this live, raw and uncut. Uh, we have not prepped this discussion beforehand. In fact, I do believe I said to Kate, "Hey, let's not chat before much because I might get triggered." And so let's just get into it. Um, <laughs> so as always, you know, I, I was thinking about you know, what's our intent with what we're doing with this podcast? Why are we having these discussions? And the rawness and realness of this being that these are discussions about what we as women do worry about. And I mean, I um, have been on a hiatus, uh, having come through a pretty um, gnarly breakup, uh, relationship breakup, um, which, you know, we're not going to delve deep into right here and now, um, but just putting it out there that, it's interesting we you know that and and what I'm learning from it and learning through that process and the process of um, grief and the process of confusion when perhaps people and circumstances were not what we thought they were Um, and I think that this ties in really well also with um, it being um international uh, mental health day and mental health week is my understanding of it as well and reflecting on that and not just what I've been going through but what um, you know a lot of my my friends at the moment um, have been going through as well and it's interesting to the the stigma that we still is, is potentially there or we worry 
that it's there in regards yeah. to when you're having a hard time and uh you know, particularly, you know, for someone like like with me and my business and my business is very upbeat and, you know, I'm there to inspire you and motivate you to move and to feel good. And um, it's really interesting that when you yourself, um, as the person that is there to, to instigate and to be honest, that is your entire livelihood – as well and then you're going through something and you feel like you know do I need to go through this quietly is this going to impact my business how can I it's it's really interesting Kate Mm. um yeah and I think you know I I think this would be a great topic for another day and perhaps we get on um you know a mental health specialist to you know a guest to talk about this sort of thing because I am sure as hell I'm not the only one um, <laughs> that has gone through what I've gone through and also worried about what I've worried about. Um, so I guess, you know, without going into too much detail, a couple of things I would like to say that to anyone that's listening that might be going through a hard time is you are not alone. I know it can really, 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 really fucking feel like you're alone and um, I think everyone's experience of what they're going through is unique um, and when you're in that sort of pain, you know, we think about something like a breakup, it's such um, it's such a universal experience, right? We've yeah. all been through a breakup. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure we've all – I mean, God, if you haven't been through a breakup, lucky you. <laughs> but I would say that the majority <laughs> of people have been through a, a, a breakup, right? And reflecting when I was going through it, it was so interesting that such a universal experience feels so um, unique and so isolating. And I guess what I want to say to you is that no matter how shit you're feeling, people care. People care. And there are professionals out there that literally their entire life, like what they do is dedicated to helping you. And they're equipped to help you as well. So please, like, you know, reach out when you're having a hard time. Um, if you can talk to your loved ones, if you can phone into a helpline, um, if you can go in and see a doctor or a medical professional. Um, yeah, really helpful. And, um, yeah, I had my first um, counselling session last week and it was a game changer. It was oh. like... Oh, like, like just a fuck yes, fuck yes. Found the most incredible um, female psychologist who was just like, you know, when you're just instantly like, oh, I like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't want this to turn into a counselling session about me, but in the um, essence of what this is about and why um, we want to speak about these things and particularly why I want to speak about what we do on the podcast um, is because this shit shouldn't be have to be behind closed doors and not spoken about. You know, this is what we want to – yeah. What do you think, Kate? Uh, absolutely. And you shouldn't just have to – what I see in clinic is that women mm. under go through a mental or emotional injury like a breakup and we just move through it. So ultimate respect for you, Chloe, for vocalising – and sharing with me that, that you know, minimising your mental load over the past few weeks was a really good idea and 
um you know, and, and us recording a podcast is not is not part of that. Oh, look! You know? If you'd all got me a few weeks ago, I would have sat here crying through the podcast. It wouldn't be you know. How many of us have like cried in the toilet at work? Oh. Actually, taken time off, or so the ultimate respect for like recognizing that emotional injury and going, what do I need to heal from that? Because like we'll do that with a broken leg. Mm. or we'll do that when we get COVID. Mm. Um, oh, it's so true. Both. It's so that's, – yeah. that's such a great analogy, Kate. And it's interesting because when you say something like that, it's like the broken leg, the, the injury you can see. Yeah. Um, but how many people are carrying around um, a mental burden that you can't see and they're putting on the big smile and um, they're, you know, for, for that outward – um presence so yeah I just um I can't stress enough the importance of talking to someone um and not feeling like you need to um what's the word just Just you know take that burden all on yourself yeah you don't have to just act like it's fine and go move through it I see that happening all the time with clients Mm. who are just they they haven't recognised significant trauma mm. and they've just, like, ploughed through it. Um, mm. And that would tap into our episode we did on burnout as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about that. If you haven't um, listened to that episode, the the incidence of burnout in women especially mm. has increased massively over the last couple of years, so go check that out. But I also think it ties in really well to today's topic because we're talking about like no cook or like minimal cook nutrition and some of the reasons why cooking yourself a meal can feel really hard is after like emotional oh I tell you what the last um you know near on two months the (laughs) best I can do is heat up something in the microwave to be honest um because yeah well true (laughs) because I've needed to conserve what energy I had for other things that were more pressing to get through, right? Um, I also think that this this um, topic that we're talking about today, uh, I think really <laughs> might have been one, you know, when Kate, you put out a um, shout out for topics and I'm like, okay, yeah, how to cook when you don't know how to cook, what food can I make? <laughs> um, let's be honest, I'm being a little selfish in this episode. Um, it has been flagged, I think, in episode one. Um, which my sister got a good chuckle of. She was like, are you going to tell Kate you can't cook? And I'm like, okay, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) I can't cook. And I know I probably shouldn't be here going, I can't. It's kind of like if a client says to me, I can't do Pilates. Um, I'm like, let's talk about this. So Kate, I'm here to be converted into something or maybe um, also reconfiguring my... (laughs) thought process around it just like I like to do with my clients and Pilates yeah okay so um Help yes me I, I do think you answered that call out for, <laughs> for but, but so hey this you. one's about me guys just uh cope with that that's okay I know it's, it's all right it's all right <laughs> oh look I, when I asked um about like the reasons people struggle with cooking um a lot of a lot of struggles came back 
um, people are like overwhelmed by expensive ingredients and thinking that you need to buy expensive ingredients to eat healthy. And it feels like there's a lot of ingredients in recipes. Like unless I buy a recipe book that says the five gradient recipe book, I get a recipe and no shit. It's like, what it like it's, and I don't, and I'm also not the sort of person that has all that stocked in my pantry. You know how these people have these amazing pantries? Like my stepmom's got this amazing now walking pantry that, and she's really into cooking and she would have all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not, not having, not feeling comfortable or confident with lots of ingredients, not knowing what to do with them. Um, people said they struggled with planning, like just the thinking about mm. what to um, People said they struggled with um, buying and cooking for like a one-person household. Mm-hmm. People said um, they just lacked the ideas. Um, other people said they were time poor and then when faced with, you know, 20 minutes to cook dinner, they just didn't know what to do. I think um, I did I say to you as well, again, it's not about me, but I, I don't know about anyone else, but when I show up at the supermarket, yeah. unless, you know, I've got some fancy schmancy list in my hand, which happens like three times a year when I'm making something to bring, which really I should just buy <laughs> the thing. I should just buy something already made. But every now and then yeah. I go, okay, I'm going to make something. Um, so unless I've got that, I walk into the supermarket, I kind of stick to the periphery and kind of go, oh, crap, what do I buy here and end up, you know, with a handful of a couple of things and walk out and go, what have I got now? Yeah, a few people said they get overwhelmed at the supermarket. There's so much choice now. There's so much choice. There's 30 different yogurts. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, just just going to buy (laughs) yogurt is overwhelming. Um, I usually grab the pre-made salad and some sort of protein to put in it and off I go. Hey, that's a good strategy. And and you know what? I'm coming from the point of view, I'm a trained chef. I'm a nutritionist. I should have no problems cooking healthy dinners each night. Um, but I also have three kids. I run a small business. So sometimes my challenge um, or my desire to have something that's virtually no cook is because I'm time poor and I'm tired and I just want to feed people. Like, can we just get dinner on the table? So we're going to go through a few strategies Awesome. A to like address some of those challenges. So do grab a pen and a paper because there's going to be some pearls of wisdom here. Um, yeah. So close. here, pause. Remember when Kate says to when Kate says to grab a pen and paper, we grab a pen and paper. So hit a little pause. Go get that pen and paper or get the notes out on your phone. Yeah. Do make sure you you can remember this um, in some way. But I just want to reassure everyone that. You don't need to be buying expensive ingredients in order to put a healthy meal on the table. And you do not need to be making everything from scratch, people. Just because you saw someone doing it on Instagram doesn't mean that that is necessary for a healthy meal. So don't Mm. let... Don't let that idea of perfection get in the way of eating. Can I also just for a moment double-click on maybe a contentious uh, word there um, that you're using, healthy? healthy eating yeah uh would could we like nutritional eating or like what do we mean by healthy eating do you know what I mean because maybe healthy eating for me today is eating that piece of cake or is like what do you know what I mean like what I just curious to understand that word a bit more because I know I know there's a lot of discussions in on the interwebs about it etc yeah so um the 
I think the biggest thing to understand about healthy eating or healthier eating is, first of all, it's going to look different for every single person. Mm-hmm. What's healthy for me may not be healthy for you. And at, at, at a base level, healthy eating is simply eating anything at all. Like food keeps you alive. Yeah. So the fact that you can feed yourself um, regularly is like the first and foremost. Are you eating enough food regularly is mm. is a form of healthy eating. Then on top of that, can you make that as nutritious as possible within the foods you like, the time you have, the budget you have, your cooking ability, what's going on in your life at the moment? Um, as you mentioned, like if you're going through a bit of an emotionally challenging time, then what you're capable of feeding yourself may be simpler and that's healthy mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. I'm glad we clarified that. That's great. Yeah. So if someone's telling you eat this, it's healthy, as in, you know, there are healthy and unhealthy foods that, you know, are black and white thinking um, or blanket statements, then, you know, I would, I would steer away from that. But, um, yeah, think about, I mean, that's a whole nother um episode on what's healthy for you or how do you figure out what's healthy mm, for you. But love that. Essentially, you know, we want people to be getting fruit and vegetables daily, enough protein, enough fiber. There's some there's some basics. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, but that was that's yeah, it's a really good point. There is no one way to eat healthy and it will look different for everyone and it will look different from for you mm. from day to day as well. Um but yeah, feeding yourself at all is a step in the right direction. So here's some grace. Awesome. Okay, so here we go. Now, a couple of friends came over to my house um, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, dropped in and I was like, I'm going to offer them a drink from the fridge and we opened my fridge and in yes. my fridge <laughs> there's a couple of drinks, there's a uh, litre of milk, um, there were a few carrots and cucumber and that was about the extent of what was in my fridge at that one moment. Now, little little asterisks next to that, people. Usually there might be more in there. Uh, I did have a fridge meltdown um, a couple of weeks ago where it stopped working, so I did have to empty it all out. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking my pantry and my fridge are rock bottom here, Kate. Yeah, okay. So, so let's, start. Like, let's start with me. Let's start. <laughs> okay. What am I having for lunch? How am I doing dinner? <laughs> I'm hungry. All right, let's talk about some basics that you can have in your fridge. Thank you, yes, yes. That you can draw on to dress up other things, okay? okay? If you're thinking about your fridge, I automatically think, first of all, vegetables that aren't going to go off in a hurry, mm. that add flavour. So garlic, onion, leeks, carrots, you know, they're probably my go-tos. Potatoes as well, like sweet potatoes and potato. So they're your fresh vegetables. Like, do you have those? Because if you don't use them tonight, it doesn't matter. They're probably still going to be fine in, you know, three or four days, possibly even a week. Right. And what did you say about I've been eating cold, I like being cooking my potato and then having some left cold because didn't you say yeah. it was really good? It's really good for gut health. Is that right? Am I right? Yeah. If you – there are certain vegetables like potatoes, rice and pasta and legumes that if you eat them cold after having cooked them the day before, they increase in resistant starch. Mm. Your good gut bacteria love this stuff. 
So they they eat it, they thrive on it, they increase in numbers, they produce short-chain fatty acids, they reduce inflammation in your body, and all you've done is let the potato cool down. Mm. Wow, cool. Yeah, potato salad. Yeah. So those are your – you're looking at those fresh vegetables in your fridge and then let's look at the, like, (laughs) a chef's best friend, things in jars. Mm. So pesto. How could his pesto just stir through pasta? Yes, and I never think to have it in my cupboard. No, have a jar of pesto in your fridge. Okay. Olives. You know, artichoke hearts in brine. Yum. Roasting them in a jar. You can get um, pickled eggplant in a jar. So go and have a look in the supermarket at all those, like, vegetables in jars. If you need the olives, need, like, the pickled onions, um, and have one of those in your fridge because if you have olives, pesto and a pack of pasta, you have a basic dinner there. Yum. You have a basic dinner there. If you think, and all you've done is boil water. So oh, yeah. don't this is hey, I'm excited about this episode, Kate. <laughs> use pre-prepared foods. Like get that thing out that it's only, you know, you have to prepare everything from scratch. That's bullshit. I'm not making pesto from scratch. Yeah, right. When, yeah, yeah like a cup of it in one go. And also, like, like, I mean, could you imagine asking me to do that? Yeah. No. Buy that stuff. Buy that stuff. So um, there's some really, you know, easy things to have in your, um, you know, tahini. Like that's another another great Mm. thing that you can, like, stir through things. And then if you're thinking about your pantry, thinking like tinned tinned chickpeas. Oh, actually, sorry, going back to the fridge, hummus. I hummus. love I love hummus, but you know, with hummus, it's like um, I I buy it and it's gone in one day. Okay, so this is not my long lasting hummus. <laughs> well, um, obsessed. Where- I love hummus. Love, love. Fantastic. Um, top tip: mm. um, when you're looking to buy hummus, this is where um, you have a look at the ingredient list, mm-hmm. and you're looking for hummus which has at least sixty percent chickpeas in it. Mm. Because if you have a little um, recon in the hummus section, you'll see that some hummus have as little as like 35 to 40% chickpeas. Oh, what else them. are they filling it with? Uh, water, vegetable oil. Oh. Um, so if you were to make hummus at home, you would probably be using close to 70% chickpeas. So if you can find a hummus at the supermarket that is close to that, and you will, there are a couple of brands which I now can't remember, but have a quick look at that ingredient list. Yep. And, um, and use that. Um, and, yeah, so with hummus, if you're buying something like hummus and it's going in a day, then attach some strategy to it. So if it's going in a day, are you just having hummus for dinner, Chloe? I'm happy you're feeding yourself, but let's get some variety. Okay. Like, that's good. You're having something to eat and it's legumes. Fantastic. But, but, and let's, and this is where we draw on the power of reheating uh-huh get really happy with reheating shit don't think you can cook uh, fine can you reheat yes you can yeah awesome. but is there any tricks to that because honestly though it is it's tough reheating it stuff in a microwave it's very everything around the edge is burning hot and everything in the middle is freezing cold it is it is there's some sort of is there a trick to it yeah, stirring like stirring liquids or purees or rotating pieces of food about halfway. Okay, that's good. 
but um, like thinking about the hummus. Okay, so you're going to go to that dairy section, you're going to buy a pack of falafel mm-hmm. and you're going to throw them in the oven for whatever time it says on the pack mm-hmm. and you're going to go to the deli section and you're going to buy some tabbouleh and you're going to get some wraps. And when you sit down to your hummus, you're going to put hummus on your plate, you're going to put some falafel, some tabbouleh and a beautiful wholemeal wrap and that's a delicious dinner right there. Yum. Yes. Oh. You can fry the falafel, um, you can have the tabbouleh for lunch the next day or you might just make a wrap out of the falafel, hummus and tabbouleh and then have that for leftovers at lunch the next day. Yum. So, um, yeah, think about, okay, what can I add to this that doesn't involve cooking? Mm. Thinking about a, a really similar sort of a template, you know, get that pomace, go buy a packet of slaw or kale slaw or coleslaw that come already with the dressing, buy a roast chicken, mm. you know, so and you've got, you could maybe add even like get that pesto out of the fridge stir it through some drained cannellini beans and you've got pesto white beans, coleslaw, roast chicken or hummus. Can I move in with you? (laughs) (laughs) My brain wouldn't even think to do this and put this all together. So it all sounds so delicious and simple. I think think that's because we're sort of told that taking shortcuts is bad. Mm. But like far out, a roast chicken and a bag of coleslaw has saved my life on multiple occasions. Yeah, I love that. And, okay, so you've mentioned tin beans and stuff. What what should we be putting in the pantry to make life easy? Yeah, so tinned legumes, chickpeas, white beans, so cannellini beans. Um, I like kidney beans and black beans. Um, they're delicious. Again, stir through some pesto. And they need a good rinse, don't they? So when you get them out of the tin, just a good rinse yeah. under under the tap will do it? Drain them off, um, give them a nice rinse um, to get that sort of that brine off them. You can actually use that brine um, to make vegan meringues and mousses. So am I wrong in thinking that I was always told that you rinse that off because otherwise it's gassy? Is that a no? Rinsing beans can um, may reduce gassiness and bloating in some people who are really sensitive to them. Um, it's not a particularly nice texture, though, that, that brine. It's a little bit, oh, I don't want to say slimy, but there's a viscosity. It is a bit slimy, I, I reckon. It's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's not great. So, okay, so if you've got a tin of cannellini beans or chickpeas, ideally you want it sitting next to some tinned fish in your pantry as well. Mm. So tin tuna, sardines, mackerel, salmon. Um and then, you know, buy a bag of salad and if you've got some chickpeas, a tin of tuna, some salad and that pesto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're just thinking about what what can I add to this? Add some of those olives from that jar in the fridge. Oh. Um, I love yeah. this. So keeping it really easy. If you are just, if you are thinking, right, I, I don't have the ability, the desire, the time to cook, what's the easiest thing I can combine? Mm. Um, and and be fine with that. Mm. Um, what about some breakfast options? Breakfast options. Well, again, don't be afraid of toast. Oh like yeah, the, I love I love a piece of toast. Yeah, those people go, oh, you know, I struggle to cook toast. Great, cook some toast. What can you put on it? Can you put some again? No cook, like 
even if you can't cook an egg. Um, can you slice some tomato, put some feta and some pumpkin seeds on there? Can you drizzle some of that pesto on there? Um, if you don't feel that you can poach or fry an egg, everyone can boil an egg. Boiling egg is pretty, is pretty safe. So can you boil some eggs? What's your timing for the perfect hard-boiled egg cake? Oh, you're going at least seven minutes here. Yeah, I'm an I'm an eight minute gal, but again, no one take no one take any cooking advice off me, please. Yeah, (laughs) hard boiled egg, eight minutes, fine. That's that's good. Um, yeah. So, boil your egg, simmer your egg for eight minutes, cool it down, mash it with some some pesto or a little bit of mayonnaise, or slice it onto your toast with some avocado, some pumpkin seeds. Um. Yeah, so don't don't be afraid of that. Um, and things like um, thinking about things that are a no cook. I love porridge. If you can't cook porridge, soak your oats instead and make overnight oats. Mm. You know, they're excellent for gut health. Delicious if, um, like us in Australia, you're heading towards the summer months. So could like, you step us through um, making a yummy overnight oat that's non that you don't have to cook? So... Um, I like um, equal parts oats and a liquid to two parts yogurt. So for um, for like a couple of serves, one to two serves, you're going to combine like half a cup of rolled oats with half a cup of liquid. I like um, milk or kombucha or water. You can use any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even use green tea actually to soak your overnight oats. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, so half a cup of oats to half a cup of liquid and then a cup of yogurt. That's your base. To that I add a tablespoon of chia seeds, a tablespoon of like nuts and a grated apple or pear. Um, so that's my base recipe and then I'll top that the next day with um, like as we get into mango season, I'd pop diced mango on that. I'd probably oh. add a spoon of crunchy granola. Um, yeah, again. I'm not necessarily making that granola from scratch. Sometimes I am, but sometimes I'm buying, you know, a lower sugar granola. So don't be afraid to just like buy the stuff. Yeah, yum. I found it um, hard finding because I I like granola. Found mm. it so hard um, to find a low sugar or no sugar, like no added sugar granola. Yeah, they tend I like, to like them really sweet. Yeah, they some granolas. Um, so why we like granola is because it's golden and it's crunchy and mm. it comes and the two things that help granola do that are sugar and fat. Oh, okay, that makes sense, right. So um, when you use less fat or less sugar in a granola, it doesn't tend to be as golden, doesn't tend <sighs> There are two brands I quite like at the moment in Australia. One is the Jordan's range of granolas. They have a uh, low-sugar one that... I will sometimes use as a base recipe and I'll add some more nuts to it. And um, I haven't tried them yet, but I'm really interested in trying the, it's a fairly new Carmen's lower sugar granola or clusters range mm. that I'd like to have a look at that. But yeah. I like don't... all the Carmen's. I also just want to double click and say, not that there's anything wrong with you know eating sugar, sugar if you like it sweet. I just personally prefer it less sweet just from a taste perspective. Yeah, and I think um, it's generally a good idea to eat sugar when it really counts. Like, don't give me no sugar chocolate because I will kill you. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I 
do like a certain sweetness to my granola, but I'm usually adding fruit. So that's where my sweetness yeah, is coming. Yeah, see, I feel like that's what I'm doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that makes sense now though that it's um, part of the part of the process of cooking it in the, the texture that we, we like um, yeah. relies on that. So that makes sense to me now. Yeah. So when I make granola at home, I'll often use olive oil as the fat um, or I'll throw in some tahini or nut butter to help to help it um, go a bit golden and toasty. So that can be a... A, um, a a healthier option because that's lower in saturated fat and we know that's a generally good thing for health so um but yeah don't be afraid to actually and this touches on what you said before that you you know that that overwhelm when you walk into the supermarket and you just go oh shit <laughs> literally like, every single time i walk into the supermarket yeah, you skirt around the edges to the foods that you recognize yes yes and and you don't venture in further. Yes. So what I would like to do, if this is you, if you're listening going, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hell. Um, actually take some time to go and do a little bit of an adventure trip through the supermarket. Go and have a look at what vegetables you can get in jars. Go and have a look at the different pestos. Go and have a look at the falafel because there's lots of different, like, veggie burgers and different falafel um, products you can get now. There's a, a whole, like, a whole expansion of even, like, different frozen vegetables now. It's not mm. just pea or, like, you know, was it the carrot, corn and pea mix? There's, like, yeah, dozens. The, the classic. It's a classic, isn't it, the carrot, corn? <laughs> the carrot, corn. <laughs> like, Mediterranean options and Asian options that really you just, like, can cook in the right way. Do you know or, what like, I really like? The um, There's a huge range now, it seems, in a lot of supermarkets of um dumplings yes like steamed dumplings absolutely and, and you can delicious. oh look again this is this is one of my hacks having a bag of frozen dumplings in the freezer and if you look at the cooking instructions they'll say that you can steam them you can boil them or often you can actually cook them in a pan like a gyoza so mm. you get to decide what cooking level you feel comfortable with. I find the steaming so great because I can do that. And then if I'm feeling really adventurous, if I've also got some broccolini or something, I just put the dumplings and the broccolini, I put it all in the steam together. Yes. And, and I come back and I've got, yeah, that, that's actually a favourite of mine. Okay. So you, you've just, you um, realised. Are you proud of me? The power. I'm so proud. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> The power of everything at once. Oh, everything like, at once is you just put everything at once is in. what I need in my life. Like that, just yeah, yeah, fantastic. So this is where, like, if there's a, a really like my local supermarket has a great Asian section where there's like 30 different dumplings. Mm. We can go and go, could I try a different dumpling? Because one thing that can be hard when you struggle with cooking for whatever reason um is a lack of variety. We stick to the things we know. Um, and at least that's feeding yourself. That's, you know, brownie points there. But can you look at, like, if you're used to getting, like, chicken or pork dumplings, could you get some fish or vegetarian ones? Like, are there some different ones there? Um, instead of broccolini, could you buy some bok choy and throw okay. that in? <laughs> um, I've just got comfortable talk- with the broccolini, but, yes, I can try some bok choy. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Don't, you don't have to do anything at once. That's it. It doesn't have to be. Just do one thing at a time. But that idea of like steaming everything in the one basket, 
um, is a reminder that things like tray bakes are also <gasps> less a less scary way to cook. You just put everything on a tray and you choose foods that will cook at about the same time and you put it in the oven for often it's usually about 30 minutes and then you pull it out and you have often it's like roast chicken and vegetables or sausages and vegetables um so this is where if you google if you google easy tray bake meals you will find that there will be thousands there'll be hundreds of thousands of hits i'm on- totally googling that that sounds yeah. brilliant we're looking for a tray bake and they often do that they will include some sort of proteins or some sort of fish or chicken or meat, usually with quite a lot of vegetables as well. What's your um, view? I mean, I see it everywhere. I haven't bought one yet because I think, you know, <laughs> do I need one? <laughs> Will I be able to utilise it, use it? Um, the, the air fryers, your thoughts on air fryers? Um, I think they're good um, if you have the space. Someone kind uh, of just said someone there was a meme or something where it's basically like, they're just little ovens, like they're just little ovens and we kind of think that they're, they're special, this special thing but it's just a little oven. Yeah, essentially they do cook quicker. Um, so I was somewhere where someone popped some, I think it was some, like some crumbed chicken into an air fryer and it cooked in about 10 minutes as opposed oh. to five. Um, so if time, like if that's going to make a difference to you, wow. then air be good. I don't have one because I don't like I value my bench space like very highly so I don't like the thought of something else on my bench. Right. I work from home so if I need to put something in the oven I can do so even if I'm working late. Yeah. But if walking in the door and like that 10 or 15 minutes is really going to count for you then that could be that could be an option. Oh, well, there does seem to be quite a few when I walk past places come up on sale. So we'll see. Maybe I'll uh, kind of like the idea of that. Yeah. So um, I don't yeah. need my bench space, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I, will, I will fight for my bench space. Um, and, and I think something else that, um, you know, we talked about like what to do if you can only cook toast or like just putting, you know, a few things on a tray in the oven is let's not forget boiling water. If you can boil water, you can cook pasta, you can cook noodles. And if we just take like tie this back into using the pre-prepared foods, you can buy a packet of ravioli or tortellini. Mm. You can buy a jar of tomato pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. You have those olives in the fridge. Mm. Cooking that that tortellini, you're draining it off, and it cooks in like five minutes. You're draining it off. You're adding some of that beautiful tomato passata sauce. Maybe you're throwing in some of those olives from that jar you have in the fridge because you bought them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're throwing in a handful of baby spinach because that does, that's just going to wilt in the pot now. Mm. Okay? If you want to get fancy, like I, I, if I make that sort of dinner, I'll always throw in a tin of tuna as well. So we'll do a spinach tortellini. Some passata, tin tuna and olive oil, olive spinach, done. Like that's um. dinner. And what have I done? I've boiled water. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. Yeah. You, you're so, changing my you're changing my um you're changing my food prep game here, Kate. Yeah. So you're gonna go through the supermarket and you're gonna look for things that just require reheating. Yep. 
you know, because there's some really cool products out there. Um, but some things, some tips on what what can be challenging when you are buying pre-prepared foods mm -hmm. and what to look for to make a healthier choice. Um, the reason why you see lots of advice um, to, you know, don't buy too many pre-prepared foods or, you know, make this from scratch is because often when we're buying something that's already been, like, made or pre-prepared, um, often it is a bit high in sodium or a bit high in saturated fat. So those two things are important things to think about. It's good that they're on the lower end. Mm. Um, so, for example, sodium intake, we want your daily sodium intake to be less than 2,000 milligrams. So what does that mean for you if you're in the supermarket and you're buying some pre-prepared foods and you want to keep that sodium level down? So this is where you're going to look at the nutrition panel because by law we have to say how much sodium um, is in a product mm. and you are going to be looking for less than 400 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams of food. So if you're looking at that nutrition panel, you're looking at the 100 gram column, you're going to go down the bottom to sodium and if it has less than 400 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams, then you're good. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that's just because, yeah, when you're buying more things that are pre-prepared, sodium saturated fat can sometimes be a challenge. So let's just make sure that's not a challenge for you in this case. Um, and then in terms of saturated fat, um, again, looking at that nutrition panel and looking at that 100-gram column and if you're looking for lower saturated fat foods, um, you're looking for ideally less than 3 grams of saturated fat per 100 grams. Um, this may or may not be more of a concern for you according to your particular health picture. Um, but so that's perhaps something that maybe you could get some advice on if you're concerned about your saturated fat intake. But generally, that's a good guideline as a starting point for mm. most people. Awesome. Um, so, okay, so we've looked at what can we put in fridge to make life easy what can we put in the cupboard to make life easy what can we kind of do for some breakfast lunch and dinner now what about uh about easy kids lunches like easy kids lunchbox situations to send them off to school with oh yeah like so leftovers are your best friends here um depending what your kids eat as well but um if they like like if you've done a tray bake of beautiful sausages and lots of roast vegetables at dinner and they love that, pop a cold sausage in their lunchbox with some cold roast potatoes mm. um, amongst other things. Like, again, don't feel that your kid's lunchbox does not, it does not need to be Instagram worthy every day. <laughs> and no one is cutting out animal shapes and popping them like in I their I feel lunchbox. like it's such a different world to when, we went to school because I'm, and I mean, I guess that's because I probably what I'm seeing is on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, what is this? What is going on here? <laughs> a sandwich or a wrap is still a good idea. Um, you, yeah, use your leftovers, use pre-prepared things. Um, you know, if they like hummus, send it in a pot, make a tuna sandwich or a wrap. Um, yeah, make the most of leftover cold roast veg if they like it. Do you um, agree that there's things that, though, last? Like I, I, I've got some sort of some <laughs> horror core 
all memories here. <laughs> with um, <laughs> being sent with the um, the baked bean sandwich, and um, <laughs> I just feel like by the time I got to lunch, it was like that thing is so soggy. I'm not eating it. Yeah, and then kind of we were back with. I think we might have talked about this back in the eating episode or something where it was kind of like if you came home and you hadn't eaten your school lunch you kind of had to eat it <laughs> so yeah back in those days back in those days um yeah. do you think there's things that like last better though on a sandwich than others for lunch boxes yeah so things like um chicken vegetable fritters leftover sliced meat boiled eggs last really well oh yeah yum and if, and if you've got things that kids like in sandwiches but they're not lasting in a sandwich, pop them separate. Pop the bread in there separate. Cut the, you know, cut the bread into soldiers. Pop the filling in separate. Give them a spoon. That's a great idea. Um, or pop things on skewers. Like my kids love, like if we have um, tortellini for dinner, the next day I'll make little tortellini skewers and there'll be cherry tomatoes and olives and tortellini on skewers in their lunchbox. Um, wow, that's so- cute. Minimal, minimal prep. Um, so you're just standing there with the skewer, just popping that all on for them and pop. That's cute. It looks like it looks fantastic. That's parent of the year stuff there, Chloe. That's very. <laughs> that's Instagram it, worthy, Kate. Yeah, it looks it looks like I'm <laughs> five a.m. doing that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, again, it's the same. Keeping it keeping it simple. <laughs> I think like anyone who's a mum and worrying about their kids' lunchboxes, um, they said that they struggled with the same thing when it came to thinking about cooking um, cooking meals and that was feeling like they have to come up with all the ideas mm. and then just feeling overwhelmed and then, and then almost like cooking paralysis. Mm. But don't feel like you have to pull dinner ideas out of your head. You know, Google tray bake, find like there's – Overnight oats. um, Overnight. Find some really simple recipe books. Like find a book that says five ingredients. Um, You know, find that website or that blog which like all it does is easy meals with, you know, less than eight things. Find that person on Instagram who's doing that. Or like I see this happen quite a lot on some of like the mum groups I'm on in Facebook that a mum will get on there and go, hey, I'm just like I'm sick of the ideas I pull out for dinner. What are your easy? Oh, that's nice. Easy ideas that you you're cooking for your kids on a regular basis, and like there'll be hundreds of them, and everyone's doing something different, so that it. Oh, ex- I like that, and that's a nice sense of community too, and everyone getting to share what they're doing. Yeah, someone going do this. It's so easy. So you know, and then from that, do a little bit of meal planning pencil in like do not get to five o'clock and then go shit what are we having like sit down give it 10 minutes before you do your grocery shopping pencil in like roughly what you could have like monday to friday for dinner pop those things on your shopping list make them available to you plan for it to be easy like Buy that pre-prepared ravioli, buy the hummus, buy the pesto, have it there and ready to go so that you actually are able to put something on a plate that you feel happy with because you're going to feel more confident and this whole thing is going to be much easier. I love that. Well, you've already given me so much. Uh, I already feel 
way more confident going into the um, supermarket. I know what I'm going to get to put in my cupboards, which is exciting in my fridge. Um, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> there's a so Jamie, one of Jamie Oliver's sons. I know he's got he's got um, a few sons and daughters. Um, his son Buddy, who yeah. if anyone, I mean, I just I've loved Jamie Oliver forever, forever, ever, ever. <laughs> and I think he's very much um, of our Gen X ilk. And um, I remember when he had Buddy, I, I can't remember if Buddy's the youngest or if there's one under Buddy. I'm not sure, but Buddy's one of his youngest. And it was really cool if you watch any of the Jam- Jamie Oliver um, cooking shows, particularly when he started like cooking from home um, and he'd have the kids, you know, they'd be there or they'd run in. I think Buddy once had to, whilst Jamie was filming live, Buddy needed to go out and he did a wee in the garden and came, and it was all hilarious and was captured on. It was just such a great kid moment. Like he just literally went out, <laughs> did a wee in the garden whilst they were filming live, came in and James was like, okay, let's wash your hands. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but Buddy is brilliant and Buddy now has his own cooking Insta channel or Insta um, page where he cooks and they film him cooking in his recipes. And it is gorgeous, like really simple uh, pancakes. He did, um, gosh, what else did he do? I'm pretty sure he did bolognese. He does all all the the staples. And I am learning from little buddy. Yeah, that's an awesome resource. I think maybe it's called Cooking with Buddy and it's also a great one so they get the kids involved. So if you're listening to this and you've got children of that age that are wanting to, you know, they're showing some interest in cooking. Obviously, I didn't show any interest in cooking when I was younger but I I hear that there's lots of kids that are into it. Um, You can cook, the kids can cook along with Buddy and then if they want, they can tag him in it and they sort of, they share the kids cooking his recipes. It's really lovely. Oh, that's beautiful! And he's so like his dad, like yeah. he's got the the like he's got the charm. He's you know he's got the stage presence. He's brilliant. Um, Kate, you would love it. I might. I'll have to. I'll share. Um, I'll share his page in our in our Instagram as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a great research resource. So yeah, like let other people do the work for you go use his recipes, go watch his video. Don't feel like you need to be the the fountain of all cooking knowledge. Like steal other people's ideas, use them, make your life easier. Mm. Like there's there's no brownie points for, you know, doing the hard yards to get a meal on the table. Make it as easy as possible for you. Reduce your mental load. Aim to include, um, you know, as many vegetables as you can, but take the shortcuts. Mm. take the shortcuts I love that I love mm. it well I found that super helpful and I'm inspired uh to make myself some lunch and dinner today oh good well I mean for what it's worth for what it's worth I mean this is how I use it as opposed to buying it already made by the way is what I'm going with there I do you know I, I will be eating lunch and dinner it's just I haven't had much inspiration to put something yeah. together myself for a while yeah so that's it. Like for, for like this Thursday, like Thursday, tomorrow and Thursday, um, like so the next two days coming up are busy days for me. So on Thursday night I have scheduled in literally that, you know, pasta, pasta sauce, tuna, olives, spinach, peas, that's what we're having for dinner because I need that night to be really, to go really smoothly. I don't have a lot of time to cook but I'll have like three hungry kids and I'll be hungry and so I'm just going to plan for literally 
boil some water. Awesome. I yeah. love that. Actually, one last thing before we wrap up. Simple desserts. Because I just, you know, I, I know definitely when I, was a, when I was a kid as well, I was like, okay, so what are we getting for dessert now? Yeah. Um, look, I like fruit and yogurt as a really easy go-to. Sometimes yeah. fruit, yogurt and ice cream. Um, but the one that I like the most, especially during winter, is crumbles. Um, you know, and, and or even in summer with stone fruit, you don't even have to cook them. You can just layer up stone fruit in a tray. You can top it with a crumble topping that you'll mix all in one bowl. So the crumble, um, could you use something like the – like talk me through crumble. I mean, I know that sounds simple to you, but I'm like, you, and when, how, are we, how are we making crumble? You could actually use granola. You could actually just like bake some stone fruit and top with granola and yogurt or ice cream. That would be beautiful. Oh, wow. Um a crumble topping usually has oats, flour, butter, and sugar in it. Um, so I I usually put a mixture of grains in it because I have a celiac child, so we'll do quinoa flakes and nuts and seeds in it as well. Um, but my favourite, um, like, healthier dessert will be a one-bowl cake that's made with olive oil, so it's lower in saturated fat. Um and um, if it has some fruit in it, even better. But, yeah, crumble. Easy crumbles are beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah, so okay. that would be my go-to. Awesome. Yum. Yeah. I just thought we can't leave dessert off. What's, let's hang on there. No. One of the most important things, Chloe. Leave dessert off. <laughs> and it certainly won't be that <laughs> Halo Top ice cream. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, trigger warning for Kate. <laughs> So um, <laughs> threw that one at you, didn't I? If, yeah. If you missed the diet culture episode, please go back and listen to my rant on Halo Top Ice. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. <laughs> it's not a sponsored post. It's not a sponsored post. It's not endorsed. <laughs> um, okay. Well, it feels good to be back back in the recording seat. Um, hopefully. You're still out there, dear listeners, <laughs> and um, please let us know what you'd like us to talk about and if there's something out there you're worrying about that you feel is not spoken about enough, let's speak about it. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. We'll do it next time. Let's do it. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, everyone. Such a pleasure, Chloe. Bye. Bye. <laughs>